Thank you for watching this edition of Unpopular Review. While you're at it, why don't you give us a follow on these beautiful social media platforms known as Facebook and Twitter, at Unpopular Review. But there's another one. Give us a follow on Instagram. We got funny pictures, we got updates, and we have things where we tell you everything that's going on. So why don't you give us a follow on Instagram at unpopular.review. And now, back to the show. All right. Good evening, everybody. Tonight is number eight of supposedly eight tales of terror, but that's debatable. If you saw the shows, then you agree with me. My name tonight is King, but I'm King as always. And I'm going to introduce the other people. We have the executive champion with the original name, of course. We have C the Superior dressed as uh, Winifred Sanderson. <laughs> as I said, allegedly eight tales of terror. And we have tonight Tony in full makeup right. gear. Exactly, with the finger out. Oh. Not confused with Chris's selection, the claw, aka saw, right? You know what? And that's a, that's a deep cut. Uh, if you saw our uh, review, that's the Magoose claw. I was thinking that as I was watching the movie, I said, "Oh, he pulled it out too soon." One, one review later. Easy, Chrissy. Easy, Chrissy. Let's not start. Uh, Look, you guys. It's a, it's a it's a family <laughs> show, okay? All right. So tonight we're going to do the shining. How's everybody doing? Before we jump in the synopsis. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm really excited to talk about the movie. I'm glad this is our our eighth and final scary movie in, in uh, right. Tell and Terror. Huh? You're half right. I'm very right, and I'm very happy yeah, to be in it. But it is not the final. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, I'm excited. Today's the day, guys. Thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. Hi. Chris is learning sign language, so he was throwing up his set. Hi, Charmaine. What, I mean, apparently, apparently Christy's the only person on this show. So, I mean, you know, I, I got a, I got a <laughs> highlighter. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Vic is, Vic is uh, wanted or is about to commit a crime. I'm not sure. Vic, how are you doing? Uh, I think he's, he's looting. because I'm good. I'm about to commit a crime. about to rob a bank. Allegedly, I see you're preparing for the election. <laughs> All right, so this is my pick. This oh, is yeah, my, uh, because the life. purge is about to happen. I, I don't know that, but if you get something that you think I'd like, by all means, send it to me. <laughs> um, for tonight, this is my second of two, uh, the last of the eight of the Tales of Terror. Um, my first was, uh, what is it, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. This one is The Shining, 1980, Stanley Kubrick's uh, film. Just a little bit uh, for why I picked this movie. I've always enjoyed this movie. Again, it goes to that psychological terror aspect. There are other movies that are um, in the similar vein in the sense of you don't know whether or not there are actual supernatural threats 
or if the person is just psychologically not all there, right? Um, another one that comes to mind is Sinister. I like that one, the, the especially the first half of that movie. It's very, very strong. I said, I do, not you, Chris, but again, shake your head. Uh, and for that reason is, and spoiler alert if you haven't seen that, we don't know what's going on. It's told from the father's point of view. In this movie, even though we see things, we don't know if it's actually there or we're just seeing what Jack Torrance sees. And so we see, as we see his um, psychological decline, or you could argue his already present and the, the hotel just brought it to the surface that exacerbated that. We see more and more and more of the supernatural, but the real question is what is the true threat? And that's why I like The Shining, along with all the other cool uh, things that people have found uh, in this movie throughout the years. Uh, that it's been released from its release rather. But let's jump into the synopsis and then we're going to go into the best of, worst of. So the synopsis for The Shining. Seven months in an isolated luxury hotel turn into heaven and hell for one family. As a father slowly loses grip of reality and the mother and son's world turns to the, turns upside down and deadly. By the way, did I mention murder, madness, and shining? And that is the synopsis. So we're going to jump into the first segment, which is best of, worst of. Who would like to go first? Go ahead, Nick. My favorite part was when Jack Nicholson walked into room 257. 37. I, I, I was going to say 227, thinking about that show. <laughs> um, I saw Regina King. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, when he. Charmaine um, is drinking tonight. For those who drink watching the show, Charmaine is clearly drinking. Ooh, thumbs down. First thumbs down of the evening. I'm sorry, but Charmaine was being rude. I apologize. Was, yeah, she being a hater. Um, but yeah, no, I like when he got, he basically got tricked mm -hmm. into, you know, his wife sent him into room 237. And then, you know, he ended up seeing this beautiful blonde mm -hmm. and looking all sexy and naked and basically just sitting there ready for him. And he started making out with her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she turns into a ghoul. And yeah. and he just like runs away. He runs away, closes the door, and leaves the key mm -hmm. in the door. And then runs away and goes back to his wife, like, no, nah, ain't nothing happened, baby. You know, I love that uh, that scene. Chris, I want to know, is that was that woman ever a bond woman? She looks very, very familiar. I can see why you think that, but no, she was never bothered. She was okay. Um, no, no, sir. Uh, Vic, I, I really do agree with you. That that's a great scene, and it's so layered. As I think this movie is. Spoiler alert! I love this movie, obviously. Um, but the mother, as you say, she goes to tell him. You know, somebody, a strange woman, is in the hotel. They're supposed to be the only people in the hotel. So he's like, "You sound crazy." She said, "Well, he strangled Danny, and we see that Danny had the finger marks on his throat, right?" Um, so he goes to 237, like you said, he sees this Bond woman, this Bond girl in there, and she's basically standing there like, I'm yours if you want me, right? And in, this, in, in these two scenes, because previously he's in the bar room, right? And in this one, at least this is my point of view, you guys tell me what you all think. The hotel is, is basically saying, do you give yourself to me? One, because he's a recovering recovering alcoholic and they offer him the drink. And he says, I'd, I'd give anything for even a glass of beer. 
And, mm -hmm. and and then he looks up and Lloyd the bartender is there, right? Then the second scene, which you which you said is is your favorite, when he sees the woman, the woman is basically she gets out of the tub, I mean completely naked, and she's standing there offering herself to him. And he can't believe it because it, it literally for him it's too good to be true. And I love that sequence because the sound you hear like his heartbeat. And it's like a thumping, it's like there's no music, it's just the sound of a heartbeat. And and it's it sounds like it's a racing, you know, which is is counter to there being no sound in the bar room. But in this one, like he's really, really excited about this and he starts kissing her after he just left his wife in the other room and he's supposed to be there for his kid, who he says, I love the kid with all my heart. I do anything for him, but he's completely like forgotten all of that. It, it's it's all about him. And um it shows again, like I said, the duality of his character. He may think he loves his son, but in in practice, he doesn't love him at all. And, and I agree with. That. I think it's it's very. And and he only leaves because, as you say, she turns she into king ghoul. You know, if she would have stayed the same, he would still be in there. Yeah, exactly. You would think he would still be in there and still would lie to his wife. And I took it that that's the same way he lied when he would come home drunk or whatever and say, oh, I wasn't out doing whatever, you know, and, and he knew how to do it because he had been lying to her for years. He only had been in sobriety for, I think they said, five months or something like that. Yeah. So I think it's a great scene. Do you have any more? Um, well, when he said that I was going to, well, honestly, all right, I'll say it now. When he was having oh, no, arguing... If it's a quotable, save it for your quotables. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I mean, just you see, I'll take it from me. Well, <laughs> but, no, yeah, that just I, might I, happen I, here. You never know. Like, it might happen because, you know, there's a lot of but Hey, see. Ricky. <laughs> Wonderful quote. Beautiful. Right on brand. Hey, Rick. Here's Ricky. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Miss Elena. Thank you for watching the show. <laughs> so, um, oh, hi, Miss Elena. ¿Cómo tú estás? ¿Todo bien? Aquí, tranquilo. Estamos bien. So, my favorite scene, and then we actually have a couple of them. Um, so maybe I should go last, but I'll just do, I'll just do them now. Okay. So my favorite scene um, in the first part of the movie um, was probably the scene after. Um, well, it's, it's kind of two parts. The scene where we get to see that the little boy, there's something psychologically going on with the little boy because you see him talking in the mirror with his little finger. Talking oh, about very, Tony. Okay. At the very, very beginning. Um, mm -hmm. And also, shortly after that, when the mother, she calls the the psychiatrist, they're the child psychiatrist, and they have that, you know, she talks with Tony. And after she talks with Tony, they go into the living room to have, you know, adult talks um, to, you know, talk about what the therapist thinks of, 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 of the child. Mm -hmm. And during that scene, you kind of see, like, the... the um, how the wife, I forget her name, but how their dynamic is in the house between the family, because yeah. you would assume that they were just like this average American family, especially the way that he went in for the interview and all that. He was he presented himself really well in the interview, but it was only during the scene where she was talking to the psychiatrist that we discovered that, okay, well, he has a drinking problem. Okay, well, he ha he's abusive to his, to his child. And she didn't say it, but we can assume at that point 
that he's abusive to her because she's so meek and like almost quiet and scared to talk mm -hmm. a little bit. So I thought that was a good scene because it, it really sh shone light on um, the true character of the husband. Yeah. Um, so that was one of my favorite scenes at the beginning. Um, one of my, the closing scene is probably one of also my favorite scenes where you get to the, um, the pan in of, of the, of the photo. Mm -hmm. I don't give it too much away. Um, that was a great scene. Can you, can you, can you tell why you like that, that close, that pan in shot? Without giving it away to, this is my first time seeing this movie. Okay. Um, it, I, I enjoyed it because of the reveal oh, okay. of it. Um, yeah. And also my final one that I'll mention is going to be the staircase scene when um, even before that, just that whole scene where she discovers what she discovered, she, she goes up to his desk, she sees uh -huh. what he's been writing. Um, then, you know, we get him coming from behind and, you know, that whole like the tension and that was just a great scene. Um, so yeah, those are my favorite scenes. In the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. You, you and I have some of the same similar scenes written down. Um, I, I want to I want to delve into um, like you said that he he is a practice liar, uh, uh, and and we see that, and I and I like that because again spoiler alert for those who haven't seen this movie, um, it makes sense because even uh, Grady says to him I have doubts that you are are capable or man enough essentially the way he frames it to carry out this mission, mm -hmm. and we see that even though it's 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 implied that there is a, a force or an essence of that hotel right in the form of that hotel but it, it it can influence you but it can't make you right and so from from that inference and basically based upon how we see how jack acts and and the conversation that grady has with jack in the bathroom that grady was abusive we know that jack was abusive Mm -hmm. And so the hotel is just bringing it closer and closer and closer to the surface. That's what I think. So does anyone feel like it's it's not the hotel, like it's just him going going crazy? Does anyone feel that way, or do no, you feel like it's a, it's a combination? No. I actually, the hotel no. is uh, is an entity. I I, mm -hmm. I believe that, but I I don't think it has like it can't it can't um like okay in the last movie Freddy Krueger could make you like he marionetted the guy's body right and he made him commit suicide or mm -hmm. you know, he made him die, right? Which looked like suicide in the waking world. The hotel can't yeah, make I, you jump off the thing, but it can give you the like, hey, you know, I agree with you. There's nothing else going on, Jack, you know? And why does your wife always do that? My wife used to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Isn't it so annoying to you? This is what I did to my wife. And it yeah, just- I corrected the behavior. It just, it just built them. Vic, I'm it sorry. Was, I mean, no, I felt that way from the moment that they said that it was a Navajo burial ground. Okay. You mm -hmm. you just took it there. I, I was like, oh, all right, it's the hotel that's going to, you know, they're going to come. See, I don't know. The whole movie, even after they said that, I said, this has to be a misdirect. The whole time I'm like, yeah, I know what's going on. This is a misdirect. And he's just crazy. And honestly, I was putting things, as I'm watching the movie, I was trying to put things together. Like, okay, we know that the little boy is force sensitive. <laughs> he has the yeah. shine. Yeah. Um, and it would seem up until a certain point that the father didn't see anything that wasn't either A, disclosed to him beforehand, or B, told, first seen by the son. Okay, so if the son saw something like the woman, 
um, the, he, I guess he told the, the mother that a woman was in the room mm-hmm. and the mother told uh, the father. And that's why I assumed that he saw the woman in the room because it was already planted in his head mm-hmm. that there was a woman there. Same thing with um, with the 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 murder of, of the guy before. Like he saw him because oh, he yeah, knew that that's movie. what happened. I got you. Yeah. But it wasn't until the scene where um, the wife had locked him into that uh, with that pantry area in the freezer in the walk-in freezer. Yes, and and then the house or the hotel opened it for him. That's when I figured out that okay, this isn't his. This isn't nothing that he's. He may be having a breakdown, but that's not all that's going on here because yeah, there's there, no there, way there is another force, you know, working. Yes. And the whole thing about his psychosis and it and it's going, it has to be biological because the son has a little bit of it, but it's it's because of his abuse, it makes you wonder if that's what he had to do because it was after he the, the mother said it was after that after the father broke his arm that he started talking to Tony. Okay. And it and it was also after um in the hotel, after he went into that room and had like that whole um he was so frightened that Tony came out again. And mm-hmm. so much so that he was Tony pretty much throughout the whole movie almost for or the whole remainder of the movie until a certain point. So it's like he he became crazy because of the trauma, I feel like, not only because of the 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 genetic um the the genes he got from his father who's a little, you know, we all know he's a little great. <laughs> mm-hmm. But because it's maybe like a, a defense mechanism or some kind of coping mechanism mm-hmm. for him. So I thought that was interesting. Okay, I'm gonna come back into that app, but uh, I want Chris, Chris, uh, give us your best though. Okay, so um, let's go ahead with some best of scenes. I, I can't really say I have a lot in this movie, uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and go with. Uh, it was more of a well, it can't be a monologue because he, you know, yeah, somebody was there talking to him, but. Uh, when Jack Nicholson's character was in that bar, and after he said, hey, I will give anything for a glass of beer, and then the dude appeared, and then they had a conversation, I saw, right? They understand, this is the first time I've actually seen this movie as well. Okay. So I saw from that time point why nine years later, Jack Nicholson was cast to be the Joker in Batman 1989. You 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 see those glimpses throughout this movie, right? Yeah, I, I saw it throughout that this movie, but it manifested. I was like, this, between that, um, Chrissy mentioned it not too long ago. The last scene, uh, the picture, you know, his smile, very, very much Joker, so. uh, Jack When he was uh, Ricky mentioned earlier, shout out to the general manager. When Mitch, Ricky mentioned earlier, he took the axe and he was chopping at the door. Mm-hmm. He was taking little quips in there that were kind of reminded me of the Joker. So when he was talking, he was doing this monologue and stuff like that, he reminded me a lot of the Joker. So I was like, you know what? I see why he was casted. Because before, I never understood why he was casted. Not saying he did a bad okay. job. He was a great job. He was a Joker. He did a good job. But I never I never understood from a standpoint of a casting director or director why they went with him. Because he doesn't seem like the stereotypical Joker from when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. But now I saw it from that. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy, come on. This is a psycho. This is a maniac. Yeah. Because of that and the tremendous acting he did when he was doing that scene with somebody who was there and he will be known as a supporting character because or a supporting actor because he was there to support the lead actor who was just going ham all throughout that scene. So that was my favorite scene of this movie right there. 
Your turn, Jim. I, I, again, also, uh, you guys are really naming a lot of the, the ones that I picked that bar scene with Lloyd. It's very, very telling what's going on in that. And that is an acting masterclass along with the, the, the typewriter scene at the end, well, at the climax of the movie. Um, when she finds out, you know, it famously all work and no play make Jack a dull boy, and it and it go, culminates to her hitting her husband over the head with the bat. That I thought was phenomenal acting, and like Chris says, you really see that psychotic come out of Jack Nicholson, and you re and and it's almost like I even say this, Chris, and I don't know if you would agree with this. I could see that Jack Nicholson playing a Joker today. Let alone, obviously, he played in 1989. But it was so like, this is a, this is a threatening dude, and I don't know when he could turn because he throughout the movie, like Chrissy said, you see it like he's right on the edge always. You know, his wife brings him the breakfast, and he's like, "Am I gonna slap her or not?" Mm -hmm. And even the way she's very timid, you know, when she says, "Hey, can you take me for a walk later? You know, do you want to walk with me or whatever?" And he says something, she demurs immediately. So. She was embarrassed even to say that, uh, and she and the way she posited with the uh, psychologist was like, you know, you know, it was an accident, and the father didn't know his strength, and you know, he was drinking. It's not really him; it was the liquor. It's it's everything else but the the actual threat of of the uh, the father himself. Um, I'm gonna jump around then and do some other best ofs that I liked. As I said, uh, a lot of you all mentioned the ones that I did. Um, I'm just gonna say specifically though for that that last sequence that give me the bat when he's coming up the stairs after her and he's like give me the bat you know give me the bat that'll go into one of my quotes so I'll just leave it at give me the bat scene. Um, I like throughout this movie we see Wendy inspecting the boilers because we 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 realize a quarter or a third of the way movie through the movie that he hasn't been doing any of the work that he said that he had to do when she brought on the breakfast mm -hmm. and then we're like well who's been doing it Wendy has. And we see her that she's the one who knows how to use the radio because she talks to the police because she needs an adult contact. Like, I'm just talking to this kid, you know, and the kid is just playing around the hotel for the most of the time. And, and I'm not talking to anybody. So I like that. I like the fact that we um, uh, um, so we see that she knows how to do these things. And she's even though she is a, a, a I don't want to say battered woman, but she's an abused woman. Right. Mm -hmm. She's not stupid. By she's means. not. No. <laughs> Are you not, okay? It, the movie shows that she's not stupid. Uh, does it? I I literally just said my favorite scene is when she's inspecting the boilers. She's the one that's working the that snow plow machine, that cat machine or whatever they call it. She's the one that works the radio to contact uh, the emergency services. The movie shows it throughout. Yeah, she's she's not dumb. She's she's just she's a, woman a little people. dumb. She's a little dumb. I'm sorry. She's a little dumb. If she if she's doing all these things, it'll be one thing if she's doing all these things, you know, to to learn how to do them. She's doing them because her husband isn't doing them. And she's kind of, I guess, covering for him. And if she was smart, she would have when he's saying, oh, do you know the pressure it is to, to have to take responsibility of this whole hotel and da -da? she didn't even say anything about it. And in fact, when he told her that he was going to kill her and bash her head in, she said, I just want to go take a nap. She just wants to. She didn't even try to. I think she, I think to be fair, to be fair, Christy, to what you're saying, I think you're conflating two different things. You're conflating strength of character with intelligence. I said my statement was she's not dumb. It doesn't mean that she doesn't make mistakes. 
-hmm. Everybody, it, it, smart people make, intelligent people make mistakes all the time, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we can and we can say that, uh, that that's how they would say they learn. We can say and make an opinion about why she's in that and stays in that abusive relationship. We don't know her backstory. We're not supposed to know that. I'm just going by what they show us, that if she was stupid, she wouldn't know how to work the boilers at all. We actually see her reading the paperwork and reading the gauges. Unless I, unless you all know how to do it right now and you just haven't said it, I don't think any of us knows how to do that like that. If somebody says, hey, I'll give you $100 if you can correctly uh, tune up these these boilers. And well, if we're reading the pages, the instructions, then I'm sure we all can manage it. It's no, like I didn't it's say that. I said she was reading the gauges, not the instructions. So, so I'm saying, so that's different than you being in an abusive relationship. So I'm just saying that well, I maybe, like maybe instead of intelligence, maybe we should gauge it as uh, common sense because I kind of agree with Kersey here. Uh, she is standing there that's and she's right. covering I mean, up. You, you can call like it whatever you want. I said, in my common opinion, in, in my, my best, yeah, opinion, I like mm -hmm. that she was that they show her doing that. Okay. That's 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 my statement, right? Fair enough. Because Fair in enough. Other, in, other movies, in other movies, at the end of the movie climax, when she's being chased by the husband or whatever like that, she would just automatically turn on the thing and and be in the audience, or at least I would in the audience. How do they know how to do that? We've never seen them do that. I like that the movie took the time to show us that she's the one doing that, and that Jack hasn't been doing that. It's twofold to to for the end of the movie. Right, one and two, as a clue that he hasn't been doing anything but literally sitting in front of this typewriter, or as we see, staring out the window. It, it goes to his mania, so it's a twofold thing, and it's a great shot because it, if you look at it, it's just a throwaway. But when you look at it as film wise, technically speaking, it shows that this is a setup for something else, and also to display that the guy, Jack Nicholson, he hasn't been right since he first stepped into the hotel. And I'll get more into that in my quotable when he when he flat out says that in one of his lines in the beginning when he's talking to his wife. But that's one of my uh, favorite scenes. I love the shot when we see um, Wendy and Danny and they're in the hedge maze and it's like a helicopter shot over top. And the hedge maze looks like, I don't know, acres and acres and acres and acres. It's, it's so immense. And they look like little ants in there. It, it, it's just a great, beautiful shot. I love the opening of the movie. When uh, um, uh, Chrissy earlier be behind the scenes, she was doing the theme to this movie. It's that something, that pounding, that doom. Mm -hmm. that, that, like, it's like <laughs> it's, it's right behind your back, like the monster is right there. And it's just all these aerial shots, and then in the mountains. And um, the manager of the hotel, he even says it's a 25 mile stretch road. They're really secluded. Like they're literally, mm -hmm. literally, literally, literally in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're all they have is themselves. So I like again that the movie it sets it up and it doesn't just play it. You know, like a, a big thing that I, I was saying about Iron Man is after the first Iron Man, we never actually see him do any engineering. Mm -hmm. It's just the suit is already created and he, and he has it because the script needs it. And I actually appreciate it in the first movie that we get to see his genius being worked out. You know, so it's it's not just something that they throw away that oh he's smart, but I like to actually see them building things together like that. But the last scene that I, I'm going to say that it was my favorite is when uh, Dick Halloran, when he first meets Wendy and Danny, and he looks at Danny and he doesn't speak to him telepathically at that moment, right? Um, but he looks at him staring like a, a little bit long, like 
there's something different about you or there's something off about you, you know? And then when they go into that pantry, you know, and he's showing them all the food stores and he's talking to the mother, he's talking to Dan at the same time and he's asking them if you want some ice cream and everything like that. And then they cut to where him and Danny are having a conversation and Danny actually opens up to this man who he just met because- Yeah, who his parents left him with. On. He, well, he actually knows what's going on. He knows that Tony is not his imaginary friend. And he too has these abilities that Danny thought as he, as Dick says then, I used to think I was the only one, me and my grandma was the only one that had it. But as, as I'm sure you did too, but let me tell you, there are other people and there are other places that have it too. And you see that Dick is kind of saying there's more to this hotel, but he doesn't want to tell him all the gruesome things because Danny's supposed to be like a, a eight, seven year old kid. And if you were to say that to a seven year old kid, you would traumatize them one. And how can they handle that, uh, um, what they're seeing? And as Chrissy said, we see that whenever he's shown something or he has a, a vision of the future, he starts to go into shock. And he's almost like, uh, not comatose, but you see him sucking his thumb, you know, when the woman grabs him you know, we see him like he's traumatized and he can't handle that. So Dick Howard is trying to prep him for something he can't save him from. He has no power to stop him from living there with his family, but to say, hey, for the majority of these things, you can just close your eyes and remember that they're just like a dream. They're not real. Don't go into room 237 though, because that is where it's strongest and it could actually get to you, right? And so you see him peppering that. And again, I like that as I said about the boilers, as I said about Iron Man, you know, I like that it peppers it throughout, that the movie doesn't just say it's isolated, it shows you. We see the scenery, we see it over and over and over and over again. Even so much as when they say, notice that they never tell us what month it is, they just tell us the day of the week it is. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like time has no meaning. And I don't know about you, but when they had everything shut down, that's how it was. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, it's Thursday, it's Friday. It doesn't matter. Nothing else is changing. And so we got a glimpse of it, but this movie really, really goes into that. And I really like that. But let's transition over to Worst Stuff. Who wants to start off with Worst Stuff? <laughs> okay, I'll go. Uh, my Worst Stuff, I have a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Worst Stuff. Um, when the fourth sensitive black guy, he comes in, um, knowing that there's some you know some foolery and effery going on in this house or in this hotel and he knows something is going on but when he comes he comes and announces his presence it's and i i, I guess it could be argued that he, he was he didn't know exactly what was going on mm -hmm. but if it's to the point that he took up a, a plane and a train and everything else to get down there <laughs> if you thought it was so dangerous that you had to show up there in the middle of a blizzard. Why would you come in there announcing, hey, anybody here? What's in a <laughs> you know it's dangerous. <laughs> Why would you leave in the first place? Well, he's, I, I guess well, he's, he just, he's trying to save the little kid, I think, more than anything. Mm. Mm. So that part was just pissed me off. And of course, he was, you know, you know, mystical, ma magical black, sacrificial Negro because <laughs> they killed him off. Mm -hmm. Two seconds. Two no, seconds. I, I mean, he was the only person that died in the movie. I was like, <laughs> um, now, Chrissy. I, by the way, because we were talking about a movie, it's uh, Black Noir. Did you watch that movie? 
Black and no, I didn't. Okay. I didn't watch it. So they they go into that, and 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 to your point, I think that's emblematic of a lot of, of Hollywood cinema. Not to cut into your worst stuff. Uh, again, they have different tropes. In horror, it's we always die first. Magical black man or woman. Uh, another prime example is in they mentioned in Black Noir. If you ever see Jeepers Creepers, the first one, where that woman is psychic and she has all these visions and she knows that this creeper is out there, and she she travels halfway across Kansas to save these two random white kids who she doesn't uh, know, and like I don't know white because they're white in the movie, <laughs> and then she's willing to jump in in front of the creature, and then she's so spiritual <laughs> that the creature passes over her, you know. It's always that uh, magical. Um, uh, Will Smith made that movie, The Legend of Bagger Vance, where he teaches Matt Damon how to play golf. So we see this in Hollywood films. It's a Hollywood trope. And it's oftentimes when the movie is written by a white person or somebody other than us, and they put us in there, whether afterthought or forethought, and it's not really with our voice or with the things that we would do. Because as you just said, and I think everybody would agree, if it's even if I didn't have the visions, if I don't know what's going on, I'm not even walking through the threshold. <laughs> right. Let and especially if I already noticed this place. Saying, is Lucy, I'm here. There's no way <laughs> if I saw visions of blood coming off an elevator, am I doing that? Not no. to mention, if I called you and the police called you, what is my old yes. what is my old butt doing? <laughs> he literally took a do? brain. This, this man, this this alcoholic who's half my age has more monkey strength than I do. <laughs> I'm staying in Miami. I'll keep calling. I hope you pick up. Danny, use that right. kid, okay? Call the police. This is their yeah. job. Do a wellness check, please. So <laughs> that but was I one agree. of my worst scenes. Vin, what's your worst? Oh, um, I mean, she pretty much just oh. stole it. Actually, not that mad. I was just mad how the token black guy. I was just mad how the token black guy. All right, so you told you took Vic, so Vic's name gonna go. But Chrissy, go ahead and go with your uh, other uh, worst scene. All right, so my next worst scene is after the staircase scene, and you know her husband had already confessed that he plans to bash her head in and kill her. She, in all her her intelligence that James liked to say that she has, <laughs> she she goes to her room and goes to sleep. Well, you're not saying the full scene. You're not saying she locks okay, him okay. in the she, freezer. She, she puts him in, in, in the pantry. No, it's not a pantry. She locked him in the freezer, which he couldn't get out of. She locked it. She locked him in the pantry or the freezer, whatever it was. It's a walk-in freezer that she locked. So doesn't matter. She locked him in. She locked, she locked him in. in. All right, go ahead. And she proceeds to go to sleep. <laughs> go mm -hmm. to sleep with a knife by her bed. No and her son with her. So, okay, you know this man is trying to kill you. You somehow luckily got a lucky shot and knocked him out. Mm -hmm. He's awakening as you're trying to lock him in this freezer. Even if you if you locked it, you don't, you, this, this area isn't so familiar to her that she should have tr that much trust in this place, that this old A hotel <laughs> is gonna keep this crazed lunatic from killing her and her child. And if okay. she had any like thread of motherly instinct, she would have left a long time ago. Okay, Chrissy. But she, had it. she allowed her. Oh, no, she no, allowed no, let her finish. Let her finish. No, no, I, I have a she question. Allowed about this man to abuse her, her and abuse her, her son, and she, she just allows it. It's 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 
that that's that's what this, this that's the stupidest scene to me. That's my worst scene. Why would you go uh, back and sleep in this house? Well, I, I, don't, ahead, I don't have a worst stuff. Chris, you want to go and then I'll ask my question about uh, Vicky, uh, Chrissy's uh, worst stuff. Uh, she has a few. I, I don't know if she's done. That's what I say. Yeah, you I have one more. <laughs> if you want to ask your question, go ahead before she goes to her next one. Well, I, 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 well, remember, they're snowed in, and I can't remember exactly, but didn't he already disable the, the radio and the, um, the that snow machine? Now, Correct. my question is, you can still pick it. I don't, you seem to have more, you see, your problem with her seems to be that she stayed in an abusive relationship. That's fine if that's your problem with her. But, oh. at, at, but as far as that, my thing is, if there, you, we literally see the snow is up to whatever floor window when she pushes her son out the, the their bathroom window, right? Mm -hmm. Now the the owner, the manager of the hotel said that they get regularly, on average, average, meaning it could be more or less, like twenty something feet of snow. Mm -hmm. We see it's at least over ten feet of snow coming up to that window because they're not on the first floor, so it's at least like the second floor, right? Mm -hmm. So that's twenty feet. Now if the if the radio is already broken because he took the the transmitters out, the transponders uh, out. And he already cut up the spark plug and everything like that. And she locked them in, not from the inside, but from the outside where he couldn't get out unless he had the strength of, of Superman to break through the door. Remember, she hasn't seen the ghost. Mm -hmm. That's not a thing for her. What could she do? And she's exhausted, by the way. She's mentally and physically exhausted, you know, whether you agree with it or not. I'm just asking you without your feelings for her. Mm -hmm. What could she logically have done? I don't understand. If she went out in the cold with no she vehicle. She could have prepared herself to leave as opposed to going to sleep in the bed that she, she's always slept she in. She did prepare her herself to leave. There's a scene, there's a scene in, the, in, the, in, in the movie before she discovered, there is in the dialogue, and I'll, I, I can pull up the time code if you want it, the timestamp rather, where, you, where she's saying out loud when... Um, but the first time when Jack erupted at her, when Jack erupts at her, like really, really, mm -hmm. now, oh, when after, um, when he comes back from saying that the woman, there's no woman in 237, and mm -hmm. she says to him, hey, we need to get out of here. And he says, do you understand, um, you know, you, 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 you've been ruining my life, and he storms out the room, right? Mm -hmm. She hasn't seen them for days. She has locked her and her son in, in their bed, in that, their apartment, right? Mm -hmm. She's standing up, there's a scene in, in, uh, after that where she's standing up in the apartment and she's saying out loud and she's saying, okay, I, I take the plow, the, well, the snow plow, whatever they call that machine, I take the snow plow, I go to this place. If this doesn't work, I use the radio to contact whomever and I do this. So she already had a plan. What the problem was when she when she went downstairs to the, you know, all, all work and no play, he mm -hmm. said, I got a surprise for you. You thought that you were going to be able to leave by doing X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? But I've done this and this and this and this and this, so you can't. Yeah, I saw that. And, and but again, once that obstacle was once that obstacle was so presented, I'm asking you, what do you think she should have done? Not she should have come up with a plan. If you have one plan, something is X out. You can no longer do that plan. You say, okay, well, I guess I don't have. There's no way of solving this. There's no what, plan. What, what, what do you think she should have done? Let me just done. go I'm to just sleep. Asking you. She didn't even try to she, come up with anything. Actually, actually, I, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I actually want to talk elaborate more on this in my worst scene. But Chrissy, if you can go on your third one real quick. Uh, okay, before my I'm not final. I saw, I saw Vic had a revelation. I didn't know if you wanted to go after Chrissy. Yeah, I do have one. I, I okay, do have cool. one. 
No problem. All right, Chrissy, go ahead with your third one. Then we're gonna slide on Last down to uh, really quick. Tony Murder really down quick. there. Tony Murder sounds like a it rap name. <laughs> my, my last word scene was um the when she's running running through the halls and it's very much scary movie esque. It's like <gasps> literally, oh, literally damn. Like this, this. Is the, this is the end of the climax scene. Damn it! No, yes, she's right, at the end, my, right my mother. She, yes, right before she sees the furries in the room or the furry. Oh <laughs> man! Again, forget to skip me after this. No, God. you already. You might. Up. You might want to elaborate. Chrissy's stealing everybody's stuff. Yeah, yeah, but you might want to elaborate. No, because you know why? Because here's the thing. I didn't see the point of that. All of a sudden, you see the butler getting a blowjob from a dog. And I'm like, what's going on here? What is the point of that? Like, she's running around with a knife. That wasn't the butler. That's not a, That's not the butler. No, not the butler. The bartender, I meant to say. That's the not butler. the bartender. That was a, that was was. a guest. That was a guest that was having uh, relations with another party goer. No, that was the face. Don't you see the face of the guy that was the bartender that was serving? That I was serving. Know. I don't know who it was, but I know the scene. Yeah, I, man, that was him. It was no him. Way. We got to go back and see it, but it was him. You need to go back and see it. Yes, <laughs> it was him. It was him. Wait, let me go get it. Where's my? Well, yeah, that was your worst you scene. Go ahead, you look it up. You yes, because they up. didn't make any sense. How you sitting there getting a blowjob from a dog? And the, the guy. Just, not a, it's not. It's the whole point they, of that. All right, we'll come. We'll, we'll explain this to you later. If you can actually pull that up in a, in a video and on your phone and screenshot it and put it in here, I would greatly appreciate it because I would oh, elaborate. I'll, 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 I'll let me go ahead. Let me go ahead on my worst scenes before uh, James goes on his. I don't know if he has any because I know he likes this movie so much. But uh, my worst scene actually is the scene that we mentioned a few times here, and I think it's actually um, talked about a high favor. But I didn't like it, and that is um, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That's um, an iconic line. Yeah, that's great. So here's my problem with that scene, right? It, you know, I understand that reading is uh, powerful. You gain a lot of knowledge from reading. And I would like to know how many times do you have to read uh, All Work and No Play makes Jack a dull boy? How many times do you have to read that before you realize something strange is going on and I need to right. get the hell out of here? Yes. I mean, after one page, okay, two page, maybe three page, hey, this is strange, four page, I need to run. But she kept looking and looking and looking and looking and looking and looking like she was the energizer buddy. I didn't understand it. You already had enough red flags to see this man is nuts. So this is why I actually have to agree with Chris and you have to piggyback off of what she was saying. All right. I'm not going to talk about the fact that she went to that guy went to sleep. I understand where James is coming from when he's, she's saying that he might have felt a little bit comfortable. She might have felt a little bit comfortable. She's mentally and physically exhausted. I get that. But I have a problem with the fact that I don't care how tired you are, adrenaline needs to kick in. Your husband of God knows oh, nah, how you're right. long tried you're right. You're to right. It wasn't. It wasn't the party. party it, it was. It was a party. It was a party. It was a random yeah, party. Though. But this, this, this shit is still just wild. Like, what I, do you? I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain. Let me get to that. Let me get to that in a second. Right. Let me get to that in a second. Why is this woman right? <laughs> Who's uh, discovered her husband's trying to murder her after five, six years, you know, abuse be damned and stuff like that. Why is this woman so comfortable to go to sleep after the man tried to kill? Yes, I got you. You feel a little bit safe, but you still should not feel safe. You're in a big butt hotel. That's a little bit creepy. Let's mind you. All right. Mind you, you want to get him a little while earlier, a couple days before, because you said some woman was in a room trying to strangle your son. I thought that was crazy. That's also my worst thing. Because as much as I like my best scene, immediately after, she comes running down and she says, hey, 
woman that's one of my quotes, Chris. That's one of my quotes. It's hilarious. A woman is in my room. And, I mean, a woman's in a room, and she tried to strangle our son, but I left him up there alone because I had to come and get you. I didn't bring him down here with me. I left him up there alone. I don't this understand. Is this is the intelligent woman. But at the same time, Chris, I have to say this is common sense, right? This is why cigarettes mm -hmm. kill. Don't smoke, ladies and gentlemen. I don't understand. Yeah, but it's, it's common sense intelligence. Uh, that could be arguable. That could be arguable, and that is something we. I'm can not, write I'm a not book. saying. By the way, I'm not no, saying. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I, 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 I see what you're saying. Question. I see what you're saying. I'm saying that could be an argument that we can have, and I bet you will sell more um, books than "All Work and No Play" makes Jack a dull boy because that was a book coming out. And let me tell you something. I feel sorry for whoever had to write them on a typewriter yeah. in 1980. Right, that's not. There's no copy and paste, ladies and gentlemen. There's no copy and paste. They had a literally over, 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 How does Unpopular Review, our show, not know what show we're reviewing, and then they write it in the in the comments? That's that's the smart. That's the one with common sense right there. Thank you. I can guess who this is. That's probably Stephen. No, 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 I just want to salute the comments. I sense. guarantee this is steaming. I guarantee this is steaming. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, that is my worst thing. James, I'm going to go over to you while I meet myself. Okay, so in, in my worst of, I don't really have a worst of scene. I'm going to ask some questions and just, uh, again, because I'm not right. You're not wrong. You're not right. I'm not wrong. We're just having a conversation, right? So I, I believe because there's no definitive answer. Kubrick is very much like this. There's no he never gives a definitive answer. When she's at that point, she's she's um, I want to say snap like she's loony, but she's so gone right, and her emotional stress level is so high that she is starting. And remember, the the house feeds on the the power given to it, right? I didn't mention something earlier that Chrissy brought up that I'll mention here, okay? The house is growing stronger from Jack, right? Okay? How do you know that? Remember, the only people that ever see, we'll call them ghosts, right? But Dick Halloran refers to them as echoes, are Dick Halloran, right? Danny Torrance, both of whom are described as having the shining. The only other person we see who sees them, even before they took a drink, What's who? The father, which is in keeping with uh, Jack Nichol, uh with uh, Danny Torrance, right? Now, if you ever see, if you've ever seen Doctor Sleep, and Chrissy, I know you're kind of interested in seeing that movie, you know, just yeah. or whatever like that. I haven't seen it go, yet, so don't spoil it. Okay, no, no, no. They go further into that, mm -hmm. right? But in this movie, it can be inferred that the only people we have three people that see ghosts, with the exception of the wife. Who's at her at her breaking point, right? As you said, she's like she's in her UGG, her pre-UGG boots, and she's like scurrying along the, the the thing with a knife, and she looks up <laughs> and she's like, "What the hell is going on?" There's a furry, and he's in a in a, in a situation with an old timey a uh, man dressed in old timey clothes. So she's starting to see the the hotel is becoming more and more powerful, right? What do I mean by that? At that point, there the hotel had enough strength to open up and unlock the freezer, right? But because we don't know that how long they've been at the hotel, we know it's wintertime at that point, you know, um, they've been feeding off of Jack and Jack has been given his energy over and over and over. And that's why Grady says to him, we don't think you're worth the commitment that we've been given to you, 
because we haven't gotten any returns yet. You haven't given us anything. We've been giving you. Why should we use the strength that we have to let you out? So she's starting to see the ghost when she shouldn't normally be able to. Remember, Dick Halloran says that a lot of people may have the shining. Not everybody has it on the same level, right? But a lot of people may have it, but they don't believe it. There are several lines of dialogue when Jack Nichols and I get into that, my, my quotes later, where he says, when I first walked into the hotel, it was as if I had been here before. Mm -hmm. Grady says to him in the bathroom, I've always been here and you've always been the caretaker. Right. Um, the, the, the boy. Uh, and, and let me mention this. So you don't know this, but in the book, it's this way in the book. Um, by the way, Dick Halloran isn't killed. He, he doesn't die at the, at the Overlook Hotel. That's something that Stanley Kubrick did in the movie. For what reason? I don't know. I'm guessing Hollywood trope. And the other thing is this. They explain that Tony, the, the imaginary friend, our friend down here, that is Danny from the future. That's why, um, uh, he, remember Danny says, Tony, when, he, when he's talking to Dick Halloran, he mm -hmm. says, Tony to tells me, tell, told me never to tell anybody that I had The Shining. Why? Again, I can't mention other things that would spoil other things for you, you know, but mm -hmm. in this case, it would be dangerous to you because there are things out there that feed off of that, off of that power, that energy that you have, right? And it could be dangerous if you start telling people that, not to mention those that don't have it, they would think you're crazy as the mother, as the psychologist just thinks it's from the abuse, but it's not from that. He's just, he's, he's very strong if we're gonna say in the force, right? So it's his future self. That's why Dick Halloran says, did you, he has a, an inkling who it is. That's really Tony, right? And he mm -hmm. says, has Tony told you about this hotel before? And he says, I can't remember. Every time I see it, I go into like a, like he says, I fall asleep, but it's because the future self is telling the past self something in the future. That's why Danny already knows what's going to happen in the hotel in the future, right? That's why he's already seen the twins. That's why when he's playing darts and he turns around, he recognizes them because he saw them when he was brushing his teeth. So you, it's certain things that you, that you know, if you read the book or whatever like that, it doesn't excuse the movie because the movie is its own thing but I just wanted to give that information. And I think that's why she started to see uh, the, 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 the bear and that house guest because she's starting to, the house is starting to assert itself and it's gaining more and more and more. They go, they go more into that in the sequel, which I won't get into, but we see that she's losing grip and the house is asserting itself and it's able to interact with the physical world. Prior to that, we never see the ghosts actually touch Danny. We never see the twins do anything to him. We never see the bartender interact with anybody. Like, for instance, Lloyd is in the bar when when the wife runs in there and she says, there's a strange woman upstairs. Mm -hmm. But when it pans back and we see it from her point of view, Lloyd is no longer there. Right. When he when the, when uh, the father leaves the apartment, we see that he hears immediately the sound of the party. But nobody else does. So just for that. But anyway, we're way over time. We need to cut to commercial break. So if Chris, you will take us out, please, to a commercial break. Yeah, this is going to be really easy. Watch this. Permission to come aboard. Me for the 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's Aquaman. We'll be reviewing that next Tuesday at 9 o'clock p.m. We are right now reviewing The Shiny right here with uh, the executive champion. That's myself, C. The Superior King, and Tony Red Rum. And now we're going to finally uh, <laughs> get from it. Was the it was the worst of scenes. It was the longest of scenes to uh, none other than uh, quotables. And we're going to start off in a nice orderly fashion with um, Tony Red Rum down there. Tony. Take it away with your uh, quotable for this movie so no one can take uh, it from you. Wendy, you've effed up my life long enough for many <laughs> years and blah, blah, blah. And you're not going to, I'm not going to let you ruin this thing for me again. Um, I don't know if I said it right, but I think it was um, very eye opening as to how he felt. <laughs> what, what happened? No, Vic is newly engaged, everyone. <laughs> No, because I was uploading. I was uploading. I hope you were uploading test positive. On my um, recast. No, no, no. She's coming out the car. I'm already taking the test. Is that your only quote that you have? Um, For some reason, Chris thinks he's okay. Um, Oh, no, that and, um, you know, in the beginning of the movie when, when, um, Damn, I forget his name. When you know the black guy, when he was he when he uh started calling him, started calling Danny Doc, mm -hmm. and then started doing the whole what's up, Doc? He looks like he looks like hey, right? what's up, Doc? And it just I, you know, it it made me smile because I remember when Bugs Bunny was a big deal mm -hmm. and like you just use his references for anything. I mean, it made me feel old, you know, yeah. hence the strength of wisdom. But um, but still, like it was just nice. It was nice to see that, just to see that reference. So I, I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. That's it. And we moving fast, so that's it. Chrissy, you want to jump? Yes, in? we are. Yeah, yeah uh, I've just got one. Um, it's going to be uh, here's to five miserable months on the wagon and all of the ir irreparable harm it has caused me. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, jump in there. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Hold on. We can't hear what you're saying. One uh, second. Yeah, he muted himself. I, I, I unmuted myself, and then Chrissy mutes me. So I don't know. I was um, trying all right, to so, uh, James, I'm actually not ready. If you can just go ahead for me. All right. I, I, I'm just going to mention three. I'm reading them out real quick. Jack, thank God you're here. Jack, there's someone else in the hotel with us. There's a, there, are we allowed to curse on this? Yes. Okay. PG-13, PG-13. You know, just do a, do a radio version. Jack, thank God you're here. Jack, there's someone else in the hotel with us. There's a crazy woman in one of the rooms. She tried to strangle Danny. Jack, after his shot. He looks are, you like, are you out of your Are you out of your effing mind? That, to mm -hmm. me, was the funniest line. So when they said it earlier, when you, when I forget who brought up Chrissy or Chris, I always laugh at that scene because his look is like, you make no sense to me right now, and I can see myself saying something like that. We're the only mm. one here, and yet he's talking to a ghost. Another one, the bat scene that I said, Wendy, darling, light of my life, I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> I said I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash right the F in. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Stop swinging the bat. Give me the bat. Wendy. And then he goes, Wendy. And it's like, it's real creepy. He's sticking his tongue out and everything like that. It's hilarious. Last one. When we first came up here, it was kind of scary. That's Wendy and Jack, right? Jack goes, I fell in love with it right away. 
He continues, when I came up here for the interview, it was as though I had been here before. I mean, we all have moments of deja vu, but this was ridiculous. It was almost as if I knew it was going to be around the, every corner. That was what I was mm. earlier, that he has the shining. He just doesn't know it. And he doesn't have it as strong as the sun. But that's why the hotel was drawn to Jack the same way it was drawn to Grady, because they have a psychic ability that the hotel that entity feeds off of. But that was quotables, ladies and gentlemen, in the speed round edition. We're going to jump into the casting. <laughs> hey, hold up. I'm about to go. I'm about to go. I got my two ready. I got my two ready. You ready? I'm going to piggyback off of you, James. I'm going to piggyback off of you because that's what I do. All right. So here's what I got. I got, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to hurt you really, really bad. That's really, what I Because that's, really? <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> <like that. laughs> oh, I'm not going to hurt you. I mean, kill you. All right. But no, here it is real. Here it is real. I actually have a few. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack and Delbert talking in the bathroom because you know they're they're for each other. Uh, he said, "Did you know, Mr. Torrance, that your son has attempted to bring an outside party into this situation? Did you know that?" Jack says, "No." Delbert says, "He is Mr. Torrance." Jack says, "Who?" Delbert says, "The N word." I automatically turned the movie off. Uh, I was like, "Wow, we're back in the 1980s." No, I'm joking. It was just a surprise. It came out of nowhere for me. But anyway, this is my mm -hmm. real quote from this movie. Delbert. Perhaps they need a good talking to, if you don't mind my saying so, perhaps a bit more. My girl said they didn't care for an overlook at first. One of them actually stole a packet of matches and I tried and tried to burn it down. But and this is when we get to the part where I have to say stuff now because I might have to start saying this to people I work with. Uh, but I corrected them. Corrected. Sir. <laughs> and when my wife tried to prevent me from doing my duty, I corrected her <laughs> that's what i'm going to start saying now instead of saying we're going to have a walk or we'll have a talk or uh anything like that or a sidebar i now will correct you correct. right which means you're going to lose your job uh anyway so ladies and gentlemen that is the quotables that was the uh fast lane edition of quotables now we're going to go into what i like to call tomfoolery i'm sorry no it's actually called recasting uh but when these people start saying their crap it's usually uh uh tomfoolery but vic Tony Redrum, you are the man this night. So go ahead and start it off for us. Okay. So um, my first recasted is for Danny. Right. So now there's one thing about this movie um, for this kid. Right. So now there's one thing about this movie that, like other movies, I regret not watching it before because there are a lot of references to this oh. movie in many different places. Um, and because of that, like it really brought back a lot of memories and it brought back some stuff that I've seen around. So I think this person would have played a perfect, perfect mm -hmm. Danny. Um, and you know, and there's many reasons why, because- The solarium is at the far end of the West. Come play with us, Stewie, forever and ever and ever. Yes, all work and no play makes Stewie a dull boy. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, I never understood where that came from oh, okay. until I saw this movie. Um, and there's a ton of other references from many other places because this movie came out in 1980. Mm -hmm. But I've I I seen that kid, and I just keep thinking Stewie. And I know that Stewie's an animated character, but still, like, I would love to just put Stewie in there with his sarcasm <laughs> and his... I think it would be awesome. <laughs> all right, all right. And my second recasted it is um, for this gentleman right here. Um, you know, just continuing. Because don't worry, relax. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. You know why? 
And here's another person that I think is perfect for him because, in truth be told, I think he could have been anybody. He could have been silhouette. You know what I mean? But um, I think this is perfect. How you doing, Doc? That's it. I'm done. Um, I, I will say this. Um, when you first put up uh, Danny's picture, I thought you were going to go with Andy from uh, Child's Play. Oh, that would have been perfect too because they look exactly alike. They kind of, they kind of look alike. They got, they got the little bucket haircut from back that time. Yeah, I see. You, you, you want to go with your recast it? Me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So uh, I wanted to, well, let me start off with my most controversial one. We got this little boy right here. He did a really good job. Um, but honestly, he was young. So he's a young actor, even though he did a really great job uh, for a young actor. But I thought about it, and this might be a little controversial, but I feel like this one act actor could most definitely play this part because they'll have you in tears, um, even from a young age. Like this was a great actor at that time. And I feel like if they wanted to redo it, boom, make her, make her a girl and have Oda Fanning because she was the bomb back in the day. Y'all know she was a great little actress. And she could definitely do this, this role. Um, yeah, that would be an instance if they were to change him into a, a girl, obviously. That's the same one from War of the Worlds. I forget her name, right? Um, she was in um, Man on Fire. She was in um, I Am yeah, Sam. She, she's from War, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. I don't remember yeah, that. You know, yeah, um, I, I know. yeah, she screamed through that whole movie. No, thank you. <laughs> it was another, it was another, War of the Worlds was another horror movie because it was made. Now, this is, okay, so this is another person I recasted. Yeah, right. You, we all know him. Um, and I was thinking, oh, oh wow, how do you do that? Gonna recast Jack Nicholson. I am going to recast Jack Nicholson, and you guys, okay, I, I'll I start with this. my second choice because as I was looking at him, I said, this guy really hates his family, even though he tries to pretend like he loves his son and his wife. He's always two seconds away from killing her. I said, who else is always two seconds away from killing his wife and family? <laughs> no, <laughs> yes, no. what? No. Because there's always there's always at least a few episodes per season when you see the owl genuinely loves his family and he's willing to do that's sacrifice true. everything yeah, for yeah, them. It wouldn't work. It doesn't well, make we, sense. We we might have saw yeah. that had they not been in that hotel, but since it was in the hotel, no, they no, got, no. got the, the, I'll, the I'll, I'll with a no man shirt. What? I'll never beat his wife or his kids. That that's that's disrespectful to Al Bundy. Yeah. And so I thought about I see it. where you're coming from. Who else can I, I recast? And I got this guy right here. And I said, who can play this role? Just as good. And now this one is also a little controversial. This is my most controversial. Didn't you just character. pick the same the same character? Yes, I did. Now hold tight because I feel like if they wanted to do like a, a newer <laughs> revamped version, what actor could play this role? And keep in mind, when I say this, I know you guys are not going to like it. But Zach Efron. Hear me out. If you saw the, 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 the Ted Bundy um, Netflix um, movie, you saw he has more range than you might think. You might be thinking of him as, you know, High School Musical or, or you know, something I've never seen like High that. School Musical. But he has 
quite a bit of range. I feel like he he can play that, you know, losing his his slowly losing his mind. He ha- he can he can definitely care. I think he can do that role if you give him a chance. And you, so that's you're telling me that he could do that better than Jack Nicholson. Just as good, if not better. Is that thank not- you, Chris, for yeah. your recaster, Chris? You want to jump in there with your recaster? That was crazy. What a- I have to say for the first time, I have to say for the first time, that I want to give y'all that this was the one time y'all did recast it, and I hardly saw any Tom Fuller. I'll bunny yeah. But besides that, I hardly saw any Tom Fuller. Of course, the night is young. I haven't seen Kansas uh, recasted yet. But I I got some recasted for you. Let's go ahead and uh, start. So here's my first guy right here. This guy here. Vic, too. In the pantry. In the pantry, right? I like okay. Well, who who can play this guy, right? Who's a great actor that will do this role some more justice? And I got somebody for you, and that will be this guy right here. His name is Bill Duke, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Duke I'll give you will that. Do a very good job of playing that. You know, of course you'll give me that because Hold I. Actually you know what though? No, but you know I, what though? I, 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 I bring black lightning. That's what I say. He's in black lightning. <laughs> I bring legitimacy to this to, to this uh this segment. I bring legitimacy. First time ever, right there. So this is another guy. Now <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, he wants to talk like he's from, uh, you know, he's British. You know, he's kind of proper, kind of ruth- ruthless at the same time. Uh, got that Butler fear. Who else? Phil. Who else can do that? And I was like, yeah, I got somebody for you. James mentioned a Bond girl earlier, so let's go ahead and bring Mr. James Bond himself, <laughs> Daniel Craig, to this uh, role. And I uh-huh. guarantee you, the guy will be just as menacing. So you got to give me credit for that one. Because that is, I'll, I'll give you Bill Duke. I'll give you Bill Duke because I already know his quote. Okay, I I didn't see the exact picture I wanted for um, Daniel Craig, but if I show it to you, you'll see. There's a reason why I said Daniel Craig because he looks just like him, a, a, a role in Casino Royale. All right, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and talk about Miss Olive Oil herself, right? Shelly Duvall with a cigarette in hand. I said, uh, who would be? I always say this when I do this. Who would go ahead and take over Shelly Duvall's Wendy? I say, oh, okay. Hey, I, the name speaks for itself. I automatically know who's going to do Wendy, and that's ah. going to be the person who needs to go. I, every time Wait. I will say something. There's, there's the tomfoolery. There's the tomfoolery. Hear me out. Hear me out, right? Jack Tolerance, right? I think somebody mentioned Whatever, because I didn't tolerate he said that uh, I he 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 told the woman off. He's like, "Oh, you do this, you do that, blah blah blah." His anger was always to this w- woman. I guess he was married. Yeah, obviously, he was right. Mm-hmm. So his anger was so, so. It's like instead of cursing her out, though, why didn't you just tell her to go get you a four for four? That's why I said this is the perfect person. <laughs> you know, just tell her no. to go get you a milkshake. No. And everything. No. Listen, man, give me a double ass, but if you don't, and shut up. <laughs> it, exactly, exactly. If he did that, he would have been perfectly fine. But instead, uh, he didn't do that. And that was, <laughs> but if you don't like her, if you don't like her, I got somebody else for you, and that would be Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. That's a good one. I can see it. I, I, I was thinking about recasting her Why? when I did Zac Efron, but I, I couldn't see them in a relationship in my mind. So I said, no, I don't I don't think so. But I can kind of see need- it. If uh, oh, according to this movie, they no, nobody sees any of these characters in a relationship, so it's perfectly fine. I mean, you got people trying to hit each other with axes, other ones trying to hit each other with bats. The other one says, "Hey, you get choked out. You wait here. I'm gonna go downstairs and get your abusive father." Anyway, so now I'm gonna go ahead for my last one. This is my last okay. one, right? I got, I got recast. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like, hey, <laughs> forgive me, forgive me, audience. 
two little white kids that are twins, right? <laughs> two little white kids that are twins looking really <laughs> creepy at the end of an aisle, right? Looking really, really scary. Who what two little white girl twins are looking just as scary nowadays anyway that we could go no, ahead and I know. And you know who I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Full house. Let's go to the door. Oh, yeah. wow. oh <laughs> man. Yo, that actually that actually would be if these two are not saying one two Freddie coming for you, I don't know what will. But ladies and gentlemen, that is my recast for this evening. Let's go ahead and turn it over to King. All right. Each of you had at least one that I thought was pretty good. Uh Vic, I loved your pictures because they were mine. Um, so <laughs> let me just say this. Um the first one I'm gonna redo is Lloyd, okay, and that's the bartender here. I love that scene. But I thought to myself, as I do my recast, who looks like them to me, who reminds me of them, I said to myself, Lance Henriksen from Aliens. You call him Bishop in that mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. I thought that he would look pretty good because they look similar to me. And he also had that kind of like spacey, no pun intended, spacey look like, you know, yeah. it's almost vacant in the eyes, right? The other one, Dick Halloran. Vic showed you the picture. He did something with it. I don't know what. Oh, where is it? I didn't delete it. No. What picture? Scatman Brothers, who played uh, Dick Halloran in the 1980 Shine, uh, Shining movie. I thought to myself, who can play him? Well, obviously, if you saw Dr. Sleep and you saw Dick Halloran in that, you know that Carl Lundley played Dick Halloran in that one. They look similar. He did a great job in that movie. I guess since y'all haven't seen it, you have to take my word at it. But uh, Carl Lundley uh, did a great job, and uh, I really enjoyed him as a Dick Halloran in Dr. Sleep. And I would recommend that you all see it if you haven't, because it's a great continuation. It's a great movie all in of its own. It has its own original story, but it also has uh, different uh, Easter eggs from The Shining. So it's great. But we're going to go to one last commercial before we do our final thoughts. Okay, that's good to know. That is good well, to know. Well, like it's a sequel, Vic. It's a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm downloading it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Find out what we're, going to we're find out what we're doing next Thursday. Oh, oh my God, we're out, we're out of eight tales of terror. Oh and mama my brother's keeper. Oh and mama my brother's keeper. Oh yes, I am. There's a fine line between wrong and right, good and bad, between those who enforce the law. It is a war out there. And those who break it. This ain't business. This person. What? In a new city. Oh, let me mute myself. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, next Thursday we're going back to uh, our weekly picks for us as hosts, and next week we're going to talk about New Jack City. Uh, yeah, he won't be in that movie. Uh, but what you mean, though? That's my movie. You better recognize this is a movie about New York in the 1980s. You better recognize that is what I lived, baby. We're going to watch that movie, and we're going to enjoy it. Anyway, continue. So the movie is about drugs, and Vic just said he lived that movie. So, Vic, what are you trying to tell us about your childhood? What do you mean? No, I mean, no, it's just that's just how it was over here. Okay, back but you, you said you lived it. No, the whole point, honestly, my whole purpose in, in, in people seeing that is people seeing how much America has changed since that time. This is the time of the Reagan administration. So, like, it hasn't how much changed anyway because New York is still about murder and drugs. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our. No, it's not because you know, you, man, you come here on a visit, man. Shoot fly with your opinion. Okay. Well, uh, final thoughts for this movie. Um, 
I don't like scary movies again. I, I always have to open up with that. <laughs> so then you guys don't go crazy when I give this movie the thumbs down. It does, it's like, no, I'm not giving this <laughs> I was waiting to see if I got a response from you guys, but like, I didn't. I'm actually giving this movie a thumbs up. I'm, I'm going to make it quick. I, I really enjoyed the, the storytelling of this movie. Um, I enjoyed the, the suspense. Um, it was really well acted. It was um, really well cast. Um, it wasn't just like a horror movie. It wasn't a gushy slasher movie, but it was scary. Um, it didn't re rely on jump scares or like, you know, anything kind of phony or like some of the other movies that we reviewed uh, recently. And unlike a lot of the um, older movies, like, like unlike, let's take Friday the 13th, Dream Warriors, for example, or not Friday the 13th, um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. That movie was very much um, a '80s movie. Like when you look at it, it it's just very much of that time, as opposed to this movie, which came out before I think um, Dream Warriors. It's it's the story's so good that you can watch it now and still enjoy it as if it was a brand new movie. Um, it 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 I guess it was you know before its time because it's. It's just a great movie, guys. It, it, you don't have to like old movies so to new movies so to like it. You can watch it whenever. Just thumbs up for me. Gotta go. Who's next? Thumbs up. <laughs> All right, that's uh, enough. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I'm going next. It's actually gonna be Tony Murder. All right, go ahead. Uh oh. Mike is muted. All right. So to make it quick, like I liked this movie. I regret not watching this movie when I was younger, because as you can see from my little uh, movies here, there's a lot of media references to this movie um, with a lot of other things. Now, the other thing is just that I just found out about Dr. Sleep, which is basically a continuation of this movie, but 39 years later, um, which is um, awesome, in my opinion. So I really want to look into that. I also was looking at some highlights and I was seeing how Stephen King was criticizing this movie because it was a little bit different from the actual book. Um, and in the book, you get to you, you get they elaborate a little bit more into the characters. So I'm currently downloading the audiobook, um, and then the, the, the uh, PDF version because it left me with a lot of questions and left me wanting more. Um, and you know, honestly, like, like I'm going to go watch the other movie and I'm, I just want to see the continuance of this. So, um, it's definitely a thumbs up. And I, you know, usually I like sequels. If we would have done this back in 2017, I probably would have something different to say, but yeah. Anyway, next. <clears throat> Vic, thank you very much. Chrissy, I wish you could be here to hear me say this. I thought that what you had to say was so great. I mean, you do such a great job on the show, and I, I just love to give you compliments to your face, but you're not on the show, and I'll never say it again. Anyway, I just want to hold this up. You see this? Horror cinema. Nice. I nice. love horror cinema. There are certain genres that I really like, but I think that all art imitates life, and that life, obviously, it uh, inspires art. Um Anything that you watch, anything that you give your time to, I think that it should enrich you. It should uh, make you a better person. You should learn something going into it. There are times when you can just sit down and let your brain go, right? This movie is not one of them. As you saw, we spent like 50 minutes almost uh, on one segment. 
the best of worst of. We have different opinions. And you walk away with this movie, there's no definitive answer, right? People have things that people like, they don't. I laughed at some of the things that Jack Nicholson said, his character said, and yet his character was a bad person. You know, it goes to show you that this movie is great. Chrissy said it, that this movie was made in 1980, and yet the material, because of what it's about, psychological horror, cabin fever, it's as if the movie just came out. We can still relate to it. I'm sure that they could, obviously, they could have related to it in the 19th century when people are living in cabins as their everyday day-to-day. Um, I don't know who this Steve is, um, so I'm going to ignore that comment. But thank you for watching, Steve. Um <laughs> 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 it's, 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 <laughs> Lobo look, at this, look at this. You see this? Only Larry David would say something like that. I would have found my way out. <laughs> um, but I love this movie. It's a classic. I think it's a great way to end out our six tales of terror. As I said, Chrissy's picks were terrible. Vic's got better because I did like him. Chris, you did a great job. We've been friends for a long time because you bring the heat. Vic, next year, if you say see no evil too, it's gonna be on site. Okay. I really appreciate it. Thank you just for tuning in for our daily shows, for going back to the other ones. Thank you so much for that. Love this season. Love this movie. You already know. Chris. All right. So we got three thumbs up. Is it going to be four? Let's find out. Shiny got an 8.4 out of 10 on imdb.com. It costs exactly 16, I'm sorry, $19 million to make. Made $46,675,000 worldwide, $45,332,000 came from the United States. Didn't do too well internationally, but this movie has a cult following. Um, as Vic said, um, same thing with me. I've seen a lot of things refer- referencing this movie, and I've heard a lot of things about this movie before even having a chance to watch it. Um, I didn't even think I was going to be on this episode. I didn't think I had a chance to watch it, and then something happened I was able to. Uh, so uh, do I regret it? Once again, we're going to find out because one of the things I said I like since we started doing the show is it's allowing me to see movies that I never thought I would watch. But I'm being forced to watch it because you all put it. I could not find um, I could not find something. Okay. I could not find. I'm sorry. I got distracted. I could not find this movie online. So I actually had to purchase this. All right. So far, for two movies I purchased, I gave this a thumbs down. That should tell you something that's about to happen. Now, that being said, some of the good things about this movie. Jack Jack Nicholson played his role very, very well throughout this movie. Great acting. I don't know if he won an Oscar. I didn't research that. He should have won an Oscar if he didn't because he played this role so fantastic. This movie was made in 1980. Yet the visuals of this movie were subtle yet still stellar in this movie that had you jumping and having uh, edge of this um, edge of the seat moments. So I appreciate that about this movie. Now, what I did not like about this movie, possibly enough to give it a thumbs down, is Shelley Duvall's character. She was a freaking idiot. She was lacking common sense. My God, I can't get on. As a father of two, uh, possibly three, I don't know. But as a father of two, I cannot be happy about the fact that you had your child said had bruises on his neck and stuff like that and you left him upstairs by himself yeah. i got an issue with that i'm never going to get over into that <laughs> to go downstairs to talk to your husband who just five minutes ago almost you're accusing of beating him anyway you already know he abused him right i have a problem with the fact that you lack so much common sense that you're looking through a book of the same lines over and over and over again without something quick in your head. Hey, I need to get the F on this piece. I have a problem with the fact that you bash your husband's head in and instead of making yourself feel safe by killing him, perhaps, 
You lock them up, which is fine. I get that. You're humane. I get you. He smokes, so you really shouldn't be humane, but I'll say you're humane. You lock them up, and then you go to sleep. Like Chrissy said, you should have been planning your escape. You should have been trying to uh, orchestrate your escape. You should have locked your own self up somewhere with plenty of weapons in case this man does get out. I have a problem with Shelley Duvall's character. So much of a problem with it, it disturbs me. But doesn't disturb me enough to give this anything under the thumbs up. This is going to be another movie which gets all four uh, thumbs up from us because it was actually a very good and very enjoyable movie. Uh, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, my <laughs> final thoughts for this movie. Hey, Chrissy, you 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 are away, but you got a great compliment. From who? <laughs> it doesn't matter. You went there. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'll, I'll check it later. No. That'll be deleted from the uh, final version. Listen, seriously, audience, thank you so much for being with us thus far. We have a lot more to come. I see, what is that? Is it Steve, Steven Pena, who's heckling from the audience? Is that who that is? The hateful? Mm. He just followed me, and yet he wants to leave me in the cold. And if if something ever happens to me, blame Stephen Pena. Find him, blame him, sit him down for at least twenty years because I'm worth that. I look. Are you sure he's not going to show up? Are you sure he's not going to show up in a picture at the end, uh, revealing that he's like a hundred years old? I swear, Twilight. So long as so long as I'm not frozen in the maze, okay. Um, but I want to thank the audience so much uh, for helping us grow and and bringing us to this point. We love doing this. We love have fun doing this. Charmaine, you you mentioned the comment earlier. Thank you so much for even being a part of the show or wanting to be a part of the show. You thanked us for being on the show, but thank you for watching us consistently and for wanting to be a part of the show. Ricky, you did the same. Uh, who is it? Mark Wins. Um, even um, uh, who is it? Spider Jack. Um, it's just so many people. I'm forgetting names. I'm not good with names flat out, but thank you so much. It's uh it's 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 an honor to be part of something that people want to be a part of and they tune in regularly for. So I just want to say that at the close of our Halloween holiday. I see, Chrissy, you stole some lives of some children down there. Uh, you're looking a lot younger. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching us here on Popular Review. If you are watching us on our YouTube channel, stay tuned. Immediately after this, we're having UPR Baseball, where we should talk about the World Series. So for Tony Redbrown, for King, for Cedar Superior, for the executive champion, this is Unpopular Reviews. We'll see you next time. Good night, ladies I am and the dude that you need to kill first because I will kill you. Goodbye. Good night, y'all.